0: Welcome to the session, everyone. Today, I will be talking about how to move from super overwhelmed to super woman without sacrificing your active life and insatiable passions. And this is a special episode because I have a guest today, which we will be doing every once in a while, um, but not all the time. So every blue moon will have a special guest. And today, my special guest is Suzanne Roth-Paul, who is running a summit this week and last week. And that summit is all about how to up your game with your health. And so who better to have a discussion with than Suzanne this week? And it was a really lively, wonderful discussion that we had on Monday um, which would have been yesterday on our on my clubhouse, my new clubhouse, I guess it would be channel or chat room. Um, so we did that and I thought, oh, it was such a great conversation that I wanted to share it with you all through the Family Health Revolution podcast. So this is a topic near and dear to my heart and I know Suzanne's as well because we are both women on a mission who want to do a lot of good in the world and I'm sure a lot of you listening are the same. Your moms, your Uh, maybe business owners, maybe you're uh, doing a lot in your communities, Uh, you have passions and you're creative people, you want to do it all but not get overwhelmed and so how do you do that? So get ready for a really lively wonderful chat, Uh, maybe take some notes, Uh, know that this is going to be an hour full of great information for you. So I hope that you thoroughly enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton where she discovers,
0: uncovers, explores and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. how do we so Suzanne Suzanne and I have been having a hard time connecting but I think that uh, well we have connected but it's been like breakneck speed because Suzanne is running a summit this week and last and it's called secrets to radiant health supercharge your body to reclaim your sexy reclaim your energy and live pain-free um, live pain-free so I was honored to be invited to speak by Suzanne for that summit And my topic uh, was how to move from super overwhelmed to to superwoman without sacrificing your active life and insatiable passions. And that talk is being aired on the 18th. Is that correct, Suzanne? Oh, no.
1: Oh, your talk. Yeah. Uh, You are going to be on on the 18th. You're right.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so we are on day like seven already. Right. For the summit.
1: A day eight. Day uh, wait, sorry. You're so you're on top of it better than I am. Yes, it's day seven.
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> hosting. Tuesday. I'm hosting this talk, so that's why I'm on top. I have to be on top of this, but not everything else. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yeah. yeah, it's right.
1: We're right in the middle of it, and I'm getting really, really great feedback. Um, from all of the speakers um, and excuse me, all of the, the audience about the speakers and the diversity of and the nuggets of information. And people are really excited about implementing a lot of the info that they're getting already. Oh. So that's been really, it's key to give people. And that's what I love about you, Carla, is your solution driven. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to talk about today is not just you know, theoretical things that you can, that what's going on with our health and what's going on with our lifestyle. It's what can you do to, you know, balance that and improve your improve your health so that you can get shit done. I mean, that's yep. the point is we want to live our lives to the, to the maximum benefits and we want to feel good while we're doing it.
0: Well, yeah. And, um, Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, that's, I just was saying that I'm getting that kind of feedback because the speakers are actually giving tangible things that can be done. You know, it's not just fluff. You're yeah, really giving you like,
0: solutions, and I and I the reason why. Okay, so when you and I spoke and we did the interview, and I started to cram in a whole bunch of stuff at the end because I was like, wait, wait, I was I had so much more to share, and that's why I wanted to talk to you, Suzanne, because we had such a great conversation going, and I felt like we just really left people just sort of like with a very short kind of summary at the end of things I really wanted to expand upon. So that's why we're talking today, and it's exactly what you're saying: get shit done. Because uh, on like if anybody can jump in, actually all the people who are listening right now are very busy women, and um, we want to get. We have stuff to do. We have passions, and it's not just like I don't think any of us do, like the work that we do is just a job. And so, um, and so I'm often told, you know, slow down. You're going to burn yourself out. It's all of this kind of like this blame stuff on, you know, women that are, you know, um, motivated and they're inspired and they have stuff they want to do. It's not it's it's not stuff that I'm not talking about stuff you have to do. I'm talking about things that you want to do. So that's why I want to talk to you, uh, you know, have this conversation and expand on it more because I want to just completely move away from this whole blame of women who are feeling overwhelmed and burnt out. And, you know, talk about ways that we can actually do the stuff we want to do, um, because my solution is not to do less necessarily. I need to do less in certain areas, right? It's not about doing less in my life and just like meditating all day long. I love meditation, but I don't, that's not all I want to do. I meditate so I can get shit done, like you said, <laughs> right? It's so yeah. I can get stronger. So that's why I wanted to talk to you more about that today.
1: Yeah, and it's get get less, well, what is it, there's a saying that a coach does that I've heard for a coaching program that I was doing on time management, Mm -hmm. and it's it's get, you know, less done, but with better quality, because I think what we're doing Mm -hmm. is we're doing too much, and we're compromising, and we're sacrificing, and we're not getting anything done well, Mm -hmm. because I think women, we love to multitask. Um, And I think that's a, a, you know, that's a dangerous thing, too, because multitasking is is hard on the body and the brain. So let's just say we want to get more done during the day, but it's got to be the things that we love. And I think that we still have a lot of, there's a lot of behind the scenes things that we have to do, Carla. We know that we have to get things done that we don't particularly love and enjoy. But let's make sure that when we're doing those, that we're still bringing love and joy to them. Because then that's going to improve the way you feel about your
2: your tasks and your responsibilities during the day.
0: Yes. And, oops. Go ahead. I think, I I'm think, sorry. I, no. I,
1: I keep kind of going in and out. Yeah. You know, just asking, talking about how we can be better equipped emotionally to do the things that we love and also do the things that are just task oriented that are kind of in many ways drain us. Yes. Instead of so, you know, saying I've got to do things I've learned in this leadership program. We say, I get to do this. I get to do the laundry today. Mm-hmm. I get to go out and water my garden. I get to go to the grocery store, you know, things that we don't enjoy particularly doing is changing that attitude about how you get to do them and put some joy into it. And some and some you know, appropriateness so that it's not such drudgery.
0: Yeah. I love that you say that because I actually, it's, it's sort of like a sense of gratitude because I mean, I actually really enjoy grocery shopping and and you would think I wouldn't because we're gluten-free, dairy-free, all these restrictions. Oh my gosh, I don't get to do this again. Well, actually, I actually do. I get, I actually have this knowledge um, that if I hadn't had that knowledge, I'd be on meds for arthritis right now, you know, for, you know, for 10 years by now, because when I was in my mid thirties at my knees completely, like they were so inflamed, I could barely walk up the stairs. And all I had to do was eliminate one food group that was really agitating my system so you know having that knowledge and then going in there and actually it's really great fun, fun discovering new foods that we can eat and like you know and we get to eat not can or can't right like so it's, it really is a lot about changing your mindset and um I love that part of it like you know and 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 having more gratitude I think another thing that we could talk about too like another step and this is kind of like my one of my the things that I do is assess, what it is I'm doing every day. So is it something I have to do? If it's something that I have to do and really need, like it's, it's a need, it's a necessity. It's like, let's say you don't enjoy grocery shopping like I do. Um, I like it, but let's say you don't, you know, what? what is it that you need to do? So I hope that everybody's still on. Can you still hear me? Can you still hear me? Suzanne? Yeah. Can you still hear me, Suzanne? I'm here. I keep
1: going in and out. I had to go get something to a dance area.
0: Oh, no worries. I just didn't hear anything. So I thought, oh, (laughs) bummer, I'm offline because my connection's not always great being in rural Saskatchewan either. So, okay. okay. So yeah, going moving forward to that. So what do I get to do? I love that. Okay. So another thing is assessing (laughs) what it is you're doing in your day. So is it like something for other people? Is it something other people can do for themselves? Is it stuff that you actually don't need to do or even want to do? So that's actually where we, it's like, so it's not doing less of the things you want to do. It's doing less of the things that aren't for you to do. It's not your job. It's not your responsibility. And it's maybe something you don't want to do, but it's sort of like pressure from outside forces, our society, our culture, you know, what you should do. It's like, I love what my friend says. Um, She said, quit shooting all over yourself, right? (laughs) Like, cut it out. Quit shooting all over yourself. Not good. Um, So that is sort of like uh, constantly knowing what your needs are and then what your wants are and what things are a burden to you and what you need to release so that you have more room for getting the shit done that you want to actually do in your life.
1: Yeah, and I also think a lot of that is most of us face it um, that are probably, that are on this call and that are, you know, career women, we're parents, we're husbands, uh, you know, wives, we're sisters, we're daughters, we're, we've got all these hats we wear. And I think
2: it automatically puts us into that overwhelm very quickly and because many mm-hmm. of us
1: face it are type A personalities. And when we feel in overwhelm, it's because we aren't saying no enough. Uh, to others and and our responsibilities as a mother and doing the things for our kids which they can do for themselves doing things at work because you don't think that somebody can do it well enough so you end up taking the job on Um, that's a big one is releasing that control and getting the support you need and what I've learned now at age 57 was that you know I've earned money up to now. I've saved money up to now so that now I can afford to hire people to help. And I think that's a big one mm. is getting outsourcing some of the help you may need, even if uh, even if it has to do with, you know, caretaking for your children, um, and getting getting additional days off so that you can have somebody there to take the kids after school to the playground or take them to your whatever their events are that they have to go to. So you can get some of your work done or your own personal care. I mean, mm-hmm. really that's a lot of it isn't just work that has to be done. And so that you can take self care for your, you know, so that you can be there hundred percent for your family yeah. and be there hundred percent for your job. So Carla, you and I we kind of talked about that at the end of our conversation when we did the interview series was, you know, how can we be empowered as mothers and as wives and as career people to, take care of
2: ourselves first mm-hmm. so that we are good to take care
1: of others So we are you know the this the classic um saying of put the mask on first in the in the airplane when you're on an airplane because you're not going to be any good for anybody else if you don't have proper oxygen to to keep yourself going you know and I think that's where we get caught up in is we think we've some of it is we just think we're so important. We, we, we're the only ones who can handle all of this. <laughs> Yes. So by golly, step aside. I know that's how I was with my 23-year-old my son. It's taken me a long time to realize that I don't have to do everything for my family. They can do what they need to do as well. And if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. Yep. That's not the end of the
0: world. Wow. Okay. I have three things. All right. So I'm <laughs> going to start with that last one. Okay. So we're only one who can do it. And actually, a couple of people on this call who have read one of my posts that I posted on Facebook one day, and I just literally had it. And it, I I took a picture of the kitchen, and I have grown kids, and you know, and very capable family. My husband, like nobody is lazy in our home at all, but it still can be where the burden lies on me. Sometimes I'm at home working, right? So it's like, you know, sometimes people assume I'm not really actually, you know, I'm very, fl- not that I, they don't think I'm working, but I'm more flexible than everybody else. So I've got to cram in more stuff in my work day. And then I also have my self care, right? So um, I took a picture of this kitchen, which was absolutely destroyed because we didn't have water, right? We, we get water hauled and we ran out of water that evening. So the evening dishes weren't done, neither were the morning dishes. And I was just like, everybody left for work. And so I still have to work. And so I said, I sent this this picture to my family that said, and we have a family group text. And I said, I'm just wondering if I'm the only person who lives here. (laughs) (laughs) Just a question, just a question. And so, and everybody was like, I'm sorry, I'll do the money at home, right? But it was just this little, hey, uh, this is not just my responsibility and uh, don't dump this on me. And so I've got things I wanna do too. So I, I really actually, I got quite a lot of engagement on that post because um, there was a lot of people who felt the same way. And it's not that anybody's necessarily trying to be negligent or dump it all on you or be selfish, but it's just that awareness that, you know, hey, there's other people. Also being able to delegate, or not even just even be the person that needs to delegate, it's actually teaching our kids To actually to see, to see the issue and fix it without you having to tell them, right? So do I really need to keep telling people to do the dishes when they're all grown-ups, right? No, they they should just see dishes and do them, right? So um, that's another thing. So and and just because, right, we are trying to cultivate this super woman-ishness, right? We wanna be these women who we wanna be strong, we wanna be capable. I I'm definitely not a person that wants to rely on other people for my own care, right? I I love being self-sufficient, but should I have to all the time? That's the question. Well, no, I think other people can take care of themselves well enough so that they can bring it when they need to bring it. So they can help me, they can help each other. They can contribute to this thing we call a family unit. So that's also a question like, yeah, once we become super women, you know, so once we become highly capable, you know, it doesn't mean that we always have to. Because we get tired sometimes, and we have we should be able to do that and be and and be in that situation too, and be able to receive. Yeah, and I think
1: great, you know, analogy there about you know a kitchen that's messy, and you happen to be the only one home, and it's like, oh my god, you can't even get to the sink because it's so full, and the dishes, you know, for you to even get a glass of water, if that's what you're going for. But I think that um, what's really powerful about that this message is. When we see those kitchens like that, most of us, the type A personality, we go in and we just start cleaning mm. and get really resentful. Yes. So we've got this resentment and this frustration. And by the time the family comes home, you are like livid and you have, you know, you blow up and boy, what's wrong with mom who just walked in the door. Mm. But I think a way to look at that, and it's a, it's a tool that it's, it's an exercise that I'm having to always look at myself is to walk away from it. Get what you need, walk away from it, and then, you know, do some self-care because it's frustrating to, to obviously not be able to clean it up but also to get mad about it. And that might be you go for a walk. You yeah. do something where you just go do your little bit of yoga stretching or you go take a hot bath. Something so that you aren't, like, putting yourself in the midst of that anger, and that frustration, and that mess. Totally. Do think, yeah, don't you think that's a big part of it, too, is we get into, okay, nobody's going to do it, so I'm going to have to. And yeah. And have got all this frustration. And I think a lot of type A personalities, and and especially when they're working from home, Carla, I do the same thing. My husband's now working from home. My son is now home. I have a 23-year-old son at home. He's working, but he's still producing mess. And there's still things around that get disorganized that we have to learn to choose our battles and choose what's important for us at the time. And that's going to help us have more balance in our lives when we can let go of some of those things that are so irritating and frustrating and then have those family conversations when you're calm about you can't leave things and you know everybody needs to be responsible for themselves in a family situation and and you can't bitch and complain about it they have to have that set up ahead of time
0: yeah and i think it's not really fair i don't think it's fair to do that actually especially if you haven't and you know been clear about your needs and and being saying, I need some self care. And, you know, some people actually like, you know, a lot of kids, I'm, I'm not going to give them like a, a free pass or anything. I mean, everybody should be able to think for themselves and say, okay, look, this is a mess. I should clean it up. Right. But at the same time, you know, if we're not asking for our, what we need, if we're not saying, Hey, I'm not doing that or, you know, like, drawing our boundaries uh, lovingly. Right. I, I don't think that, you know, our kids learn that. And, so, and then to get mad and it's not really fair to get upset and angry with somebody when they don't really actually know, you know, that you needed that. So, but there's, yeah. And, and so I think also too, when we do everything for everybody else, we don't only become resentful, which is not what we want to do. I mean, if we're caring, loving people and we're starting to move into resentment, well, that's taking the joy out of giving, right? And I love to give, I love giving to people. I, I, I get so much joy out of that to see something change somebody's life. So the last thing I want to do is start getting resentful for the gifts that I give. I want to be able to give those gifts out of choice, not out of necessity or out of someone else burdening me with something that, you know, that's not a gift then, right? But I think that what we do is we also, um, if we're doing everything, we rob other people of their own self-sufficiency, right? Like, yes. we're, right? They don't learn. Yes. It's like a Montessori classroom. You know, uh, my children went to Montessori when they were little. Uh, in, in the, those quote-unquote preschool years and I learned so much when I went into that classroom like I I went in the first time I went in there the teacher said okay you know I looked in there and all the, the chairs were small right they're all the size of these children that you know they were all in everything and there was a classroom of 30 kids and the place was the most peaceful room I'd ever been in and I thought there are thirty children that are three four and five years old in this room I, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, this is something different. What's going on here? Then a four-year-old came up to me and said, Would you like some tea? And I said, sure. And I'm like, you know, like patronizing this little kid, you know, and saying, Oh, she's gonna come and bring her a little tea set and pretend to pour me tea. Well, the kid went and made me tea. Okay. She was four years old and she made she boiled the water and made me tea. And that's when it clicked with me. And All of those posters they had up in that classroom said, you know, don't touch question mark, but that's how I learn. And then there were other things like, you know, just encouraging people to allow those children to learn by doing and by engaging and not pretending and pretending is great. But also by doing in the real world, they help to do the dishes, they go to the grocery store with you and select the things that you need for your family, they help you to make supper, they, you know, they clean up their own rooms, they pack their own bags for trips. My kids have always done that. I never worry about what they have and what they don't have. They are always prepared with their own their stuff, because they've always packed their own stuff. I never ever packed for my kids. I just at the beginning told them what they might need well, what do you think you need? Underwear? <laughs> you, know, um, you know, you know, yes. you need this, that, whatever. And that's how it became a less of a burden for me in these years, taking care of other people with things that they could have been empowered to do for themselves. And I think that that stems, Suzanne, into our future health, like where our own yes. self-care, their own self-care, their, you know, like being critical thinkers and smart and like intuitive and listening to their bodies that starts with like doing simple things like that like packing their own bag for a trip right absolutely yeah yes, absolutely
1: and are you finished because i cool. totally am go ahead i wanted to Yeah, you know, that was great stuff and now i gotta bounce back and, and mention two things that you said that were really great and all right how you how you wove it into self-care and as we become adults and being responsible for our health because you know that's what we're about here because ultimately if you don't have good health all that other stuff is is you know goes out the window because you don't feel good and you're you know you're sick a lot and those kinds of things but the first one I just wanted to mention was you know I was a classic when my son would not do things like clean the kitchen or you know dirty laundry all over the place downstairs or whatever was that I would do it for him and I would just get mad and do it and so now what I do is and they and they bitch about it much later mm-hmm. so now what I do is I see the messy microwave where the food has exploded in it and where the sink is you know dishes that he put in on his way out to work we just leave them and mm-hmm. I say when he gets home I know you rushed out I know you had to do this but would you please take care do anything else yeah now does he does he jump right on it no is he is he excited (laughs) about the fact that it's like welcome home mom hell no so the whole point is you know eventually you want these kids to know that yeah hanging out with mom and living with mom and it definitely is not a good idea because I don't want to be told what to do but the other part of it is you learn to be respectful of the other person
2: and that's the way
1: you that's what because I've i told him several times I said you know you're you're 23 and you know you want may one day want to have a family and live and a spouse and being at a living with somebody and those are some of the most challenging things that you can ever experience is when you're having to live with somebody else you know in yeah. that being respectful and I just I've explained that to them you know, that and to you know, the audience here is just saying you know what you do matters and how you do it matters but it starts at a very young age yeah starts at a very young age so. You know, that's, I've noticed those things. My son falls off the wagon on some areas that we set enough ground rules and foundation that he's going to be fine. Yes. You know, he's going to be fine moving forward. And then the other part was that I was just going to mention was how you said um, that all these decisions, these small things that we do for others become big things when we are adults and having to take care of our own health. Yeah. And that's where we're in a big mess right now. Oh. In the health industry is because, People want to eat the stuff that they want to eat, which is addictive foods, and then they want to go to their doctors, and they want their doctors to fix them. Either they're overweight, and they have chronic pain, or their sleep sleep is crap, whatever the situation is, and they just want somebody to give them a magic pill, and you and I both know, Carla, that it takes work to... Mm -hmm it takes it takes dedicated i don't even say work i think focus it has a lot to do so focus but self-respect
2: it's Mm. self-respect
1: for your Mm. body that's my message on my summit that i'm doing right now that everybody's getting from it you know most i have a lot of friends who are giving me feedback and they said you know you've asked me on a lot of these conversations you're having is to look within for the answers
0: yeah love it okay love it um so before we move on because I wanted to talk about some practicalities about getting organized that's one of my things you know getting your poop into in a group like one of my friends said and I can't leave that phrase I love it um but before that I just want to invite uh the listeners to you know go ahead and raise your hands if you have anything you'd like to contribute at, at any time because uh, this isn't something that we have to just like Suzanne and I, you know, have to discuss on our own. If you have any things that, or thoughts or ideas or things you'd like to contribute to that converse, this conversation, um, go ahead and do that now or throughout. I can I'm watching as we go, and I'm pretty sure I can manage uh, getting people in. Um, so go ahead and do that if you have anything to comment. Um, but okay, so moving on though, if we don't have any comments so far. I do want to say one more. I want to expand on this self-care thing. And then I want to talk about some practical things about getting organized. Because I, like I said, I think that organization is really key. It's helped me to do the things I want to do in my life. Um, without that skill, there's no way I would be able to do this. All the stuff that I do, and I wear many, many hats, such as, like, as you do, Suzanne. Um, but first, I want to just talk a little bit more about self-care and what that might mean. And I think one of the things that is a huge um, component of self-care, well, one of them is being self-aware, of course, right? Like being aware of your needs, what your body needs, your mind needs. And then also, what are some of those ways that you can actually practice that self-care I actually have a document that I put together for people that talks like walks you through all of this whole concept of self-care and like tips and, you know, ideas and things that you can actually do from like having baths to going for walks to, you know, even just uh, things like, you know, working out. Some people like to do really like intense things and that's part of their self-care because it makes them feel more powerful and empowered. But one of those things I think is at the top of the list Or I guess the category would be stress reduction techniques. Would you agree?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Stress is up there with, um, I mean, stress is right there with toxins, as far as I'm concerned. If you have high toxin loads in your body and high stress, all those other things you're doing for yourself get minimized. You've got to be able to deal with the stress levels. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so the idea, so I remember when I did my yoga teacher training. I also did that and the reason why i didn't actually do it to become a yoga teacher although i d- do teach some yoga it's definitely not my bread and butter or my first uh, my first uh thing that i do you know in my work right but i incorporate it into everything i do because it's not just yoga of the body it's yoga in the mind right so it's like that learning how when to let go it's like it's like um effort and non-effort always at the same time that's one of the main things i learned from that and when I did the yoga teacher training, I did it because I knew that I needed to and not for a job, but for my mental, emotional and physical health, my well-being and to practice not yoga not yoga not only in body which is hugely beneficial, but also in my mind and in my life. So it's like being that mountain, practicing mountain pose in the grocery store lineup. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, So I could be like ripping my hair out, I'm late, I got a meeting, eh, it's five o'clock, everybody's in line, it's like the, the person at the till is new, <laughs> you know, they're like doing yeah. everything wrong. And you know, it's like, oh, price check, la la la, and you're waiting, right? So um, it could be like that, where I'm frustrated, and t- tapping my foot, getting that, making the people in front of me stressed out, right? Because I can't do anything about getting me through the line faster, you know, being rude to people, whatever, being stressed, like, about things that don't matter, Suzanne. Really, they don't matter. And so, what my teacher would say: practice your mountain pose. Oops, sorry, my phone fell. Practice your mountain pose in the lineup. So, and so I'm I'm in mountain, and it, you can't really tell what I'm doing. And I, and it's really that uh, release of. Uh, it's more like being in the now, right? Not the past, not the future. Not in getting caught up in this the tr- like runaway train of emotion that really is leading to disaster or a really bad day. Uh, practicing that mountain pose, smiling. You know, looking around. Um, you know your environment. Uh, smile. You know, making people feel better. You know, telling them it's okay and, and allowing them to relax as well. Um, so it, that is why I took that training. I knew I needed it for that reason. And so when we do this self-care, we're actually, and we do these stress reduction techniques, we're actually allowing ourselves to be trained, right? We're training ourselves to be able to bring it when we need to. So we have this sense of calm. So we feel organized, so we can think. So we're not in uga booga stress mode. And so that we can really like sort it out because there are going to be many times in our lives, many, multiple times a day, even where we have to bring it. And what we need that sense of calm and peace and cultivate that as our default, right? So that's why I think those those, uh, stress reduction techniques, such as meditation, yoga, tai chi, qigong, that balance our energies, um, really allow us to be able to be super women, which we think would be the opposite, right? Right, like we need to be like, woo, out there. Working out well that helps too yeah I work out I run I'm kind of crazy that way I dance down the road like I have this crazy run dance thing I do that's really crazy but um I do all that but I also need to be able to have a sense of calm and peace and presence and grounding
1: yes and I on my summit I I have interviewed
0: mm. uh Yoga teachers, um
1: hypnotherapists, I have some energy um healing folks. And one of the things we all agree on is the power of the breath work oh, and the power yes. of your breath. And that when you were saying in the grocery store line, what I do nowadays is just close my eyes and do some deep breathing. Mm. And that's a huge opportunity to get um, you know, because we do only use like 20% of our lung capacity. When we're busy and active, we aren't paying attention to the deep, deep breathing that we need to do. So it's like closing your eyes, closing your mouth and deeply, deeply inhaling through your nose Mm -hmm. and then releasing with your mouth. And somebody in front of you or behind you in this life might think, oh my gosh, you know, this crazy lady, but you know, it's a sense of calm. You, you, when when you do that, you kind of exude this calmness around you. And so the breath work is really, really important for stress reduction well and when i go ahead
0: no go ahead go
1: ahead well i was going to say that it's really that's the other thing about yoga that i love and i i am incorporating that in my life daily and, and weekly and i'm encouraging all of my viewers on this summit because i have 20 22 speakers and we're all talking about the power of, of breath work it, it doesn't matter if you're talking about thyroid or you're talking about. Um, you know, yoga, we're, we're talking about how important it is to deep breathe to reduce stress.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so you can't obviously close your eyes when you're driving and do a deep breathing <laughs> exercise when you're about to, you know, road rage or somebody cut in front of you. But what it has done for me is realizing that that person's in a hurry, that person's actually driving dangerously, I need to just let them go, mm-hmm. go by. And if somebody wants to cut in front of me, let them come in front of me. And I've noticed that my husband still gets very irate. He still gets agitated. He curses and yells. And I look at him and I said, you know, honey, the only person you're hurting is me. I'm sitting here listening to all that stuff. And you're hurting yourself because now you're all tense and now you're getting pissed. And now you're trying to run up on behind this guy because he cut off in front of you, Cut, cut you off and stuff. So it's a, it's a real awareness. Once you start doing the practice yourself, Carla, and you know that yes. and everybody around you is so hyped up. It's really bizarre. You're like, wow. So that, that person needs a yoga class. Yeah. And, and then the other part of it was really powerful is when you said energy. So we're very energetic type A personalities. We're go, go, go girls. We love to get things done. We'd love to go, go, you know, just, you know, accomplish things, which can be exhausting is that what I don't, what in, yoga does for me is it's an energetic calm. Mm. So it's kind of a juxtaposition. It's like a dichotomy there. It's like, it's you're energetic, but you're calm. Yes. And if that can be, ex- it's the only way to explain that is that you feel that energy in your body, but you're handling things more calmly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I find to be powerful for yoga and Pilates. And we talk about I have a Pilates instructor that's on and I have the yoga folks that are on. And we're talking about how each of those are so much about body awareness.
0: Yes, I love that. It's so true. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I and that's if I can tell the gals that are on here with this or anybody's listening to this in the future is that get yourself a practice where it's calming for you. If yoga may not be your thing, Pilates Mm -hmm. might not be your thing. Mm -hmm. Tai Chi might be your thing. Music. Music, walking in the forest. Singing. To dancing. Singing, dancing, walking in the forest, swimming. You know, there's other things you can do that bring calm. I mean, bike riding for me is is a big one when I go up the mountain on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just so cathartic and it's so healing. Love and it. That you've got to incorporate at least, Carla, I don't know. I'm not getting enough of it right now because of the summit. It's costed a lot of time for me. I've had to give up a bit of my programs this past four months, but I know that once it's over, I'll get back into it. That's the beauty of it. But at least four times a week, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah.
0: If not more. I mean, if you can daily, you know, but yeah, yeah. four times. Yeah, for sure as much as you can. And and I like that you said, you know, that you mentioned that you're kind of falling off the wagon because that's going to happen. You know, we have events where, you know, things get so busy. um, And then I'm like, wow, I'm getting really out of balance here. I feel that out of balance. I'm not able to deal with this very well. I'm starting to feel stressed and, you know, grinding my teeth, something right. My body's telling me something's not quite right. And um, just, but th- we always have that capability just to go back, you know, and and, and yes. go reassess, rebalance. And it doesn't mean we've failed. It doesn't mean we're not, oh, I'm not this superwoman I, th- that I thought I would. Yeah, you are. And that's actually part of the skill is being able to notice when you're off balance and being able to course correct, right?
1: Yeah. And when you've got that program down, when you've got that routine down. When you do have issues like travel comes in into play, where you know when you travel, everything goes to hell in the handbaskets by what you eat to what your you know your exercise routine, you're calm about it because you know that when you get back, your body has an amazing innate ability to remember and recall. I love how my muscles recall things. Mm-hmm. You think you have a bike ridden in like three weeks. You get on and yeah, your lungs are burning a bit and it takes a little to climb the mountain. Than you would have, if you just did it, you know, three days in a row, but, um, your, your memory, the body has a memory and it comes back and saying, Oh, this is good stuff. I, yeah. I, I know, I, I know this is going to be good for me. It's a little struggle, but it gets back into your rhythm pretty quickly. Totally does. And that's yeah. That's the beauty of actually, for me, I knew this whole,
2: I had this four month program. I knew it was going to be intense. I knew it was going to be
1: throwing me off balance, but I prepared myself yeah and so yeah I'm human I fell apart I had breakdowns I cried I
0: did it all I did it all, yeah. I did it all
1: and, and I still said it's okay I, I you know and let yourself have a temper tantrum oh another thing I wanted to share was a doctor that I was seeing a naturopath said that when we cry mm-hmm. we're releasing yeah. um, toxins tox, toxins out of our, our tears we're shedding to- tears yeah yeah I thought that was really amazing she said it reduces cortisol your cortisol levels and it's a stress reducer you know how when you have a good cry you feel good. Yeah afterwards. It doesn't feel great during it, but I'm a I'm <laughs> an ugly crier and I'm like, I want everybody to see me crying. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do this on my but you always feel better. Yeah. So that's another release. Give yourself a good cry. Give yourself a permission. There's nothing better, Carla, than having a breakdown with your family where they're being total but, buts, you know, I was going to say buttholes, that's an inappropriate <laughs> word, but they were being total jerks, <laughs> you know, nobody's being very nice at the moment, and you have a meltdown or a breakdown and you start crying, I'm telling you, there's nothing like watching everybody, you know, all of a sudden freeze, <laughs> and then you, then you kind of can say, you know, hey, you guys, this is being unreasonable, or you know, for anything like that, you know, when, when a kid throws a temper tantrum or a kid starts crying, you know, we usually pay attention, mm-hmm. you know, this is unreasonable, mm-hmm. but I think that it's okay sometimes to have that little falling out with yourself and then give yourself permission to be okay with it.
0: Oh, I love that. And then, move,
1: and then move on. Yeah, I love it. I go to a closet and I'll be so mad at my husband or my son or something they've done and I'll just cry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I want to strangle them. But then you go, okay, I'm not strangling anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cry and it feels really good. Mm-hmm. And then you get your shit together and you put your makeup back on or you dry your eyes and it does help.
0: So mm-hmm. don't,
1: don't be embarrassed about when that happens because crying is actually very cathartic and it's helpful.
0: Yeah. It's not, I mean, and, and in our society, it's a sign of weakness and it's a sign of <laughs> failure and it's a, you know, a, a powerlessness. Yeah. And it actually, you know, if you know Gordon Neufeld's work, um, he talks about, right. Like he talks about, you know, leading your children and, and, uh, really great parenting quote-unquote expert although a lot most of us are for parents you know um but he talks about that whole idea of like you know when you get to the point where there's nothing else to do but cry and and you know and it's just it. like that's it you know that's what I I've got to do I've got to release this somehow because you can't do any you know you feel like almost like there is a sense of powerlessness but that crying actually releases all of that um, so that is an empowering thing to be able to move through those emotions where there's not really an activity that you can do aside from crying at that very moment. So right. I, yeah, we should add that to the list of stress well, you know, reducers. It is,
1: Carla. Take a note. Yeah, can, yeah, Make a note of that. I now just wrote down your, your person that you were, rec- you were you know, mentioning because I was going to tell you guys, I have a 23 year old son yeah. and throughout his entire life, he has learned how to cry. And he cries a lot and even cries as a young adult. And mm-hmm. it really irritates my husband. And we've had some situations where he's gotten upset. He still kind of throws these, you know, adult temper tantrums, which is interesting. I wonder where he got that from. <laughs> <laughs> gets
0: upset
1: and he'll, 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 he'll cry. And I know my husband feels, you know, I've been married for um, 33 years and I've only seen my husband shed a tear, shed a tear once and yeah. that's when we took him off to college. Ah, otherwise he doesn't cry. Yeah, did my father, but they can be very angry, angry men. Yes, because they hold everything in because they were told somewhere along the way when they were kids, especially boys, don't be a sissy. Don't cry like a girl blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, I never, ever did that to my son. Mm-hmm. And as a result, he can go and cry and throw a fit and be in his room and be really angry. And in a little while, he will always come up and apologize mm-hmm. and make amends. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I just think it's really important that, that men and boys are told that it's okay to also do that within, re- you know, that it's a, it's a release of emotions that we sometimes, like Carla just said, you can't. What else are you going to do with those feelings? But when you squelch them and hold them in, that's
0: additional stress in your body. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. Well, that, I mean, that's that's trauma. That's, trauma. Yeah. that's turning a an, a, like a stressful event into trauma, right? So if yeah. we don't, if we don't allow ourselves, ourselves as women, you know, powerful women, as our children, our men, our boys, um, yeah. daughters, you know, if we don't, if we can't do that, then we have potential traumas. And we know, Suzanne, and you know this that if we, if we hold that in, we actually make our physical bodies ill as well. Exactly. And so there's like every single person that I talk to who has a chronic illness, and I work with people who have very complex chronic illnesses, um, more so even you know, as the time goes by, I think it's just people who are attracted to me and, and think I can help them. Um, those people always have some kind of element of emotionality or trauma, that is tied in with the onset or the perpetuation of their chronic condition. And I'm talking everything from, you know, neurodegeneration to autism, to ADHD, to autoimmunity, you name it. Cancer. Cancer. Oh yeah. A big part
1: of cancer is is related to stress and trauma that your body is stuck. You know, you're, you're stuck in. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, I have Timothy long who's on the, the summit and he's all about that. And that's his whole that's his, his, his expertise is talking about the emotional trauma that we let get ourselves into. And there's such great work out there. I mean, I've been through several coaching programs yep. where they are just doing amazing things to release that trauma really quickly. Yes. And then you can move on with your mm-hmm. life. You don't realize when somebody asks you the right question, when you have the right therapist or the right coach, I mean, I'm not even calling them a therapist anymore because I did therapy for years. Yeah. Like, it was talk, talk therapy. <laughs> no. And all I did is I came out of there feeling bad that I was beating up on my parents again. You right. know, blaming my parents for everything. So the, the new approach to all this coaching and this life, you know, life coaching and transformational coaching is to get to the root of what caused it. Root cause again. Yeah. Same thing we talk about with your health. You got to find out what's causing it. That when you get to the root cause, you address it. Yep. And then you accept it and then you let say, it go. Oh, That's what it was from. Mm-hmm. And you, you release it, but it's going to come back. I mean, I have some of that trauma. It always comes back. It rears its ugly head when I'm tired or when I'm irritated or when things are falling apart, but you know what it's from
2: and mm-hmm. you can say,
1: Oh, there it comes again.
2: Mm-hmm. And you
1: let yourself go through a meditative state where you start deep breathing. You start, you know, quietening the mind. You go through a state of, of just calm that is required to just let it come through you. It's going to come, it's going to come up yep. you want it to go through you and not keep stifling you.
0: Yes. I love that. And uh, there's two things I want to say. Okay. So we're hitting the 47 minute mark. So we're going to probably wrap up in the next five or 10 minutes, but I just really want to talk, touch on two different things before we do that. Um, One thing I want to back up about what you said about children and tempered tantrums. We had an incident like that in the car actually yesterday, no, day before yesterday, my little niece um, had some big emotions and uh, not a lot of like, you know, her like people in her environment at the time were getting upset with her and everybody's, you know, thinking she's a brat and thinking she's just trying to get her way and she's trying to play with this slime in the car And I I said, and I knew when I mentioned it it is, you know, aunties, here we go again. Auntie's going to say something that's going to cause a problem because I'm like, you know, sweetheart, I don't think that, you know, so-and-so wants the slime in the backseat of the car because it could get all over and maybe we should put it away. No, not putting it away. Okay. No. Right. So everybody in the car is starting to get really upset, you know, stop it. You know, she's starting to cry. And this is what we call mirror neurons, Right. When we get upset, those little people or the people we are, you know, even adults are going to reflect that stress back to us. They're going to start feeling stressed. They're going to start trying to protect themselves. They're going to get into that, you know, survival mode and getting hyper stressed, right? Nobody's thinking at that point. Okay. So what I'm thinking, I'm going through my mind first, what did that kid eat? She's tired. She didn't have any good breakfast, had tons of sugar that day. Um, okay. she's not being taught skills and how to deal with her disappointment or frustration. She's little, everybody else is big in this car. She has no rights other than and she has no other power than to throw a fit right now. And she's mirroring. Oh, I can hear you, Suzanne. I'm that, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. You're having a snack. No, I'm just kidding. No, okay. I was
1: wrapping something. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: But but right, so we've got this situation, and so. So what do we do to, to, well, first help those situations is what I did was try to mirror, you said deep breathing, right? And I also had rose essential oil in my purse and that rose essential oil, right? I use, I I love it. I think it's so beautiful. And it's actually a trauma. It's an essential oil you can use in trauma. And also I was reading actually about chakras this morning and it releases the uh, flow in the heart chakra, right? So that's self love and self of others etc. And then um, but I I that's what I had in my purse at the time. And I said, okay, can you breathe? No, I, you know, I don't want to do what you're doing, Auntie. So what I did was I touched her. So the heat yeah. the power of peeling touch and I touched her, like I called, I said, this is your brain button, babe. If you're getting upset, you just need to settle down and you know calm down and start breathing. So we were doing some breathing and I touched her like the occipital lobe, right? Where the head, the top the head, the skull meets the top of the neck. And so I just started rubbing that pressure point there and I was talking her through it and I and then in the end right so then I had put a little dab of this rose on her wrist do you like it yes I do hold this for a bit so I worked her up to this and then I was able to talk to her I wasn't gonna get anywhere if she was feeling threatened and if she was mirroring other people's upset emotions right so we worked through this and she um she was calm we played games for most the rest of the way there and it was really good to see, but it was hard to work through because most people in your environment are going to see that kind of tactic as giving that kid, you know, oh, they should be disciplined and none of that, but nobody's looking at what they did to prepare this kid for this terrible tantrum. What else did they have to do? They, they had no other recourse than to survive, Right. So I'm not, so it wasn't that we were just like, oh, we let people have tantrums and we let our children grow up feeling that they can do this. But like you said, Suzanne, it's a release of emotion. We can be present and there with them and not, you know, just allow them to be able to be within reason, you know, they're not hurting people or or swearing at them or punching or, you know, being mean. They're just going through stuff and we help them, we guide them. And then that means it is. And there's a lot. And so. yeah. And then looking at how we prepare them for those moments and ourselves. So if I hadn't been able to be present, I would have been yelling at her. I would, you know, right. Like I, I would have been like, you stop it right now. That's really rude. I can't believe you're doing this, you know, all that stuff. But that wasn't what would have helped her through that situation. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it.
1: No, yeah, it's so true because, you know, Carla, we do that as adults as well. We, we throw temper tantrums in other ways. It's called it's called frustrations. And we get mad at our spouse or we get mad at our kid or we get mad at a friend. And it's the same, it, it applies the same way that I've noticed that, you know, with a baby, sometimes when you're a young child, you can't always reason with them because they don't know why they're feeling that way. And as adults, sometimes we don't either. But what I've learned to do in the last six months of some of these coaching programs I've been doing is to ask myself what's really going on when -hmm. I start feeling all of this frustration and anger towards something someone just did to me. And it comes back to that I'm either not being heard or not being seen or I'm, I'm reflecting something that it has nothing to do with them. Yes, sometimes it does. But I think a big part of it is if you can pause... And think, you know that expression, think before you speak. Yeah. Um, that it, it a lot of times you'll 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 find the answer and it'll calm you down pretty quickly. And if it doesn't, and somebody's angering you, or my husband's doing something, I will just say, I'm having a bad day or a bad moment. Can yes. you give me a hug? Yeah. You
0: know, I'm
1: really feeling cranky. And that's something really diffuses it. My yeah. husband <laughs> and I've been squabbling a lot because you know, I'll think of all of us in in lockdown. Uh, This last year and a half where we're around people so much, it's no wonder we get irritated and frustrated Mm -hmm. beyond comprehension. But I think some of it is just people can't read your mind. Yeah. And um, you, you have to express what it is you, you want. And I think back at the times that when I my son would do those things, he was a real handful as a young kid. And it was because his mother was not very balanced. Mm. So my son was suffering because I was not balanced.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I realized all of his temper tantrums were an embarrassment to me.
0: Yes. And, and you wanted to me. stop. Yeah. It was yeah, about it was you.
1: About me
2: and <laughs> the audience that was
1: watching. And I remember now. The poor little thing was just, you know, had something going on and he was just suffering and he needed, he needed intention and he needed hugs and he needed to be held. Love it. And there was, a, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a video, a viral video going around where a man was doing, had a little baby that was, you know, under the age of two a year and a half or something it was really really having a temper tantrum and all he did was sit with that baby and sit with that baby and let it throw its tantrum let it do its thing and eventually it crawled it, she crawled in his lap and curled up and then eventually fell asleep but then would wake up screaming again she was going through a really bad phase I saw that, that been, nothing would have helped
0: yeah it i was saw beautiful. that it was Finally really beautiful she up
1: and hugged him and fell asleep on his shoulder yeah. and he wasn't falling apart
0: yeah, that was, that was beautiful. I did see that, Suzanne. Miranda, I know you want to say yeah, something. Was I was but, like, wow. I
1: yeah, I
0: was. it was beautiful. And just one it's second. I, Miranda, I do want, I know you want to say something. I just want to say something just really quickly about what Suzanne said, and we're going to move on to your comment. And I, I didn't realize you wanted to say something, and how I could make you be able to speak, but I figured it out. Okay, so two things about what you said, Suzanne, seen and heard. And actually what I did as well in that situation was I saw her and I heard her and I, and I, it's called pond listening. And it's a, it's a method and it sounds really fake as when you say method, but it really is a way to um, ensure that people know that you see and hear them. So you say, I was saying to her, you were frustrated. No. Okay. You're sad. Yes. You were sad. Yes. You're sad. And I kept actually Giving her words, and so it's called compassionate communication or nonviolent communication. Reflective. Isn't it reflected? Pond, listening? pond listening. listening. Well, they, they call yeah. it pond listening. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was so helps, especially those little ones. And yeah. then she, and then she was calming down. But I wasn't going to give her what she wanted because it was still a no, right? It was still yeah. a no. Yeah. But yeah. she was seen and heard, and she could accept that no after that. So that was the key. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be all nice and give you what you want because, you know, you're having a fit. No, it's still a no, babe. I hear you. We're going to play with that when we get there. Okay, Miranda. Miranda, you were going to say something. Yeah, so can you hear me okay? Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay, good. Um, This kind of reminds me about a piece we learned in a training I was in last week where um, my mentor, Ta Witty shared a concept that we kind of – uses and it's called logic stealing so Mm. if you think of like a person's logic stealing as like somewhat of an aura that can move in and out when we're (laughs) sitting in that that frustrated state that sympathetic nervous state or whatever um, our logic ceiling is like so close to our skin that we really just don't even have the ability to be able to think logically mm-hmm. and to understand what anybody's saying beyond our own wants and needs in that moment. You know, and that's where where a lot of people are living in the moment of this world, right? Living in with, with so much fear and frustration. Um, but this also relates to our children as well when I mean, they're feeling that way. So, so the the best way to, of course, overcome that is to settle back into the parasympathetic nervous system and then as we do that our logic ceiling expands out like our aura and then we have the ability to have those conversations where maybe agreements are in place in the moment but now we can communicate at a place that both of us can understand mm-hmm. and that's where you're saying like okay now she was able to be your niece in that situation. Once you were able to put her back in that parasympathetic nervous system, expand that logic ceiling, she's now in a space to, to, to talk about the situation and to even allow herself to be seen with her. Mm. So I just wanted to take, just kind of to share that beautiful concept of of the logic ceiling Um yeah. for me that really really resonated uh, not only with what you were saying with your niece, recognizing that she was likely had a very tight. Logic stealing in that moment, and how I could bring that into even with my children beyond the training I had. That wasn't the context I was learning um, it—not by a long shot. But this situation, what you were sharing, Carla. Thank Mm. you for sharing that because Mm. it really allowed me to to see how that can be used, and you know, with our little people as well.
0: Totally. Totally, and then if we, of of course, and and I also think too, like it's that and then going back to the first thing that um Suzanne we were talking about mindset right and how um how we look at things is totally I mean if I could look at that kid and say oh she's just a brat and and how is that going to be on my not just for her I mean obviously for her it's terrible but also for me as like her auntie okay she's just wearing me down I don't want to be around her and then and then we're not we're disempowered we're feeling like burdened and you know, we have less energy for everything else. So we're dealing with this kid all the time, right? No, I mean, if we are able to step back and do this, what we're all talking about here, um, you know, recognizing this logic ceiling, allowing these these emotions to come through, and 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 allowing big emotions, you know, and and listening and seeing and hearing, and and also prevention, you know, like where we're not setting them up for failure and ourselves up for failure by eating crap and not getting any sleep, right? all those factors and put those all together. And then we're able to be stronger as, as, as human beings, you know, as, as these super women that I keep talking about, because we, we look at it in a different way. You know, we, we put our efforts into something else.
1: No, we're not reacting to. Yeah, part of it is we're di- there's a big disconnect when we start saying what a brat and how come the parents haven't taught her anything? Yeah. She didn't, so that's a disconnect. And what I learned again in some of this coaching I'm doing is that when you disconnect from others, you disconnect from the, the um, ability to have empathy and to have compassion. And so when you are connected and you stay connected with that screaming kid or you stay connected with that husband that's making yes. you, better, you stay connected and you really understand mm. what's going on, then you have a, a successful, you have a chance of success of. And you through it.
0: really call me what you did with
1: your niece love it and I love and I also heard Carla that you know when you said that with with your niece not wanting to smell you can put that they were, they were I'm doing some essential oil research right now and they said you can put it on your hands and you can touch them or yep. you can rub it on your neck like you did and that's getting it onto her without her physically having to take the bottle and sniffing it or whatever well she
0: wanted the bottle t- she uh, wanted the bottle she didn't want me to she didn't want uh, me to touch her at first but if, but Like, yeah, so yeah. She didn't think it was gonna help her, but once it did, like it was just yeah, finding that entry point, you can use homeopathy too and like rescue remedy. You know, there's lots of different ways, but yeah, that or just give them a hug. I actually find that some people go, Oh, you smell so nice, and they just they hug me and they just want to be around me because of yeah, or diffuse it. Yep, spray it in the air, you know, like that. It's just really simple. You just need to get it in their system and it's not yeah and you say aroma but it's also phytotherapy like it's literally the plant it's plant medicine you know like being it, it's in it's it's interacting with your biochemistry that's why it works like that right i love it i love it too love it. love it too okay so uh and yeah, so what i'm gonna do is i think we should wrap up we've been here an hour i was gonna talk about organizing maybe we'll have to have another conversation because there's lots yeah. of different things i would love to share this is all this this uh, we, we, we covered like a lot of mindset, um, emotions, you know, self-care, all those things, you know, uh, stress reduction. Um, but also I think that, and delegating things like that, but I also wanted to talk a bit more about getting organized and getting your poop in a group, a little bit more of that task kind of um, you know, how do we function as these humor super women? And I would love to have another conversation with you at some point to do that. If you're interested. Um yeah. Yeah,
1: oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, no, I'm the queen of organization and, and <laughs> i not in my own house, but nobody else's. yeah, no, I think it's really, I have a feng shui person on our, on our, Nice. Uh, oh. You know, because it's so important. Oh, it's yeah. so important. She, yeah, she spoke last Wednesday or last, Tuesday, I think she's your, oh no, she was last Friday. And it was all about how important, um, you know, having things ordered and, and um, clutter-free. It, it really, when you're, when your house is cluttered and your home is, is messy and you're and dirty, that's messing up your body, your body, yep. you're embodying all of that. You're getting all that clutter in your head and clutter in your body. It, it's
2: very fascinating. Oh yeah. That. It's
0: love it. So, yeah.
2: Okay. Love to do that.
0: So let's have a part two. Um, and I want to thank everybody for coming. I also want to do a little shout out because I think what we'll do is, um, I'm going to share this with people so that they can find out more about what you're doing and listen to this again. So Suzanne, um, tell us a little bit about your summit and, uh, and then it's going on and it's all on for another few more days, I think to the end of the week. Is that correct?
1: Yes. So I have a health and wellness summit called secrets to radiant health and, um, Carla mentioned earlier, and it was, you know, supercharge your body to reclaim your sexy, Mm -hmm. have more energy and live pain free. And what I did was I interviewed 22, I was supposed to do 21, but I did 22 speakers and we touched on everything that I just mentioned. What does it mean for radiant health? What, what encompasses radiant health? And so we have everything from fitness to yoga, to a thyroid expert, to, um, Carla, which is, you know, solution driven nutrition and support on, you know, these conversations we're having about health and, um, what, what's happening today, for instance, is an emotional health um, specialist doctors on. And then there's also a, uh, who else was today? I was going to mention something for somebody today. Um, Oh, fitness Pilates this talks about the benefit of Pilates and emotional health, how important it is for, for mm. mental health. And so, yeah, Carla, I was going to ask, I don't know how to do this on clubhouse, but I was going to, you know, maybe put there was a link or something where people could still sign up and they could still watch the rest of this week. You can sign up and there's a VIP package you can buy where you can watch the whole summit the whole summit that you missed last week.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, some of the conversations, but the feedback has been really powerful that it's a very, eclectic assortment of uh, interviews that touch on just about everything like everything from you know your home environment to your body's environment And it's not getting caught in the weeds. People are giving very valuable information Mm
2: -hmm. that you
1: can actually start applying now. There's a fitness guy on the first day that's got a morning routine, which I've been doing for two months, you guys, two months. (laughs) And I can't tell you how fabulous I feel. You do it in your pajamas. You're in your bed and you do it in your PJs and it's movement. And you do that even before you get out of bed. And you feel already energized. Yeah. It's got your uh, blood circulation. So anyway, it's I appreciate you letting me share that, but it's just been the most amazing experience of my life. And I wouldn't have met Karma had I not done this in this interview series because mm. that's how we connected. I reached out to her. I found her on the World Wide Web. I found her <laughs> on the internet. I, really <laughs> I don't know how to, I think maybe you were being interviewed by somebody before that I that I heard or something, but I came across you. And I think it's just really powerful. The whole thing is about connection.
0: Love it. It really
1: is about connection. And virtually, you can really get a lot of information from these summits. So I encourage you to, you know, if you're interested, you want to sign up, you still have time to listen to the rest. There's five more days, two a day. So you have 10 more speakers and they're really amazing. And Carla's on the 18th. So perfect. Well,
0: we'll try to share this. I don't know. Somehow we're going to somehow get this out there. And definitely um, keep sharing that link because I, you did a bang up job. And I think like for our next uh, episodes, like I think we'll keep talking about this super mom, you know, from super right. overwhelmed to super mom, um, because I think we need to talk a bit about that organization, environment, energy, you know, things like heng shui, setting up your home environment, your work environment, your your you know, office or your safe, your quiet spaces in your, in your home. Um, and also um, this uh, it's a super mom routine. Actually, I could share with people. I have a routine that I made a self-care schedule and just working through how you would make your own. So lots of stuff we can still talk about. Love it. I love your summit, Suzanne. Thank you for having me on that. And it was really oh. wonderful that you were able to make the time today. And those of you listening um, to come, And join us for this conversation today. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted health care providers, if they so choose, when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility.
2: mm